Welcome to Crypto Moon Hunters, the only crypto podcast bringing you the latest projects across the industry. Cryptocurrencies discussed in this podcast are highly speculative and ultra high risk. Never invest more than you can comfortably afford to lose. Any information discussed in this podcast should not be considered financial advice and is provided for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. Seriously, these guys are idiots. And now here are your hosts, professionals of buying high and selling low. Welcome to Crypto Moon Hunters. I am Hate Man. With me today, we have Loot. Hey, guys. As always. And with us, we have a very special guest today. We have the founder of DX, and that is Hash. Hey, guys. And we also have the Jack of All Trades, Media Master, Lewis. How are you guys? Pleasure to be here. We really appreciate you guys coming on. And um, we have a variety of topics. We actually don't exactly know what we're talking about today, but we know you have some <laughs> projects coming up, so we figured we'd just talk about it on air. And um, we had Chung on last week, and we appreciate him coming on with the equity presale. Unfortunately, it looks like that might just miss the soft cap. Um, before we get into your topics, uh, Hash and Lewis, is there any, um, are you seeing a lot of the uh, presales right now struggling to fund, or is it just kind of hit and miss depending on the project? It's it's a little bit of both. It, it's always a combination of both in general. I think uh, with with pre-sales. Um, right now, we're seeing this trend that the KYC pre-sales are doing are doing good, and it's based a lot on, on on trust. Right? People are not just blindly trusting everything that has just a random dog name. Um, so we're seeing a shift in the way pre-sales are going and the way people are managing risk. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. it's very interesting because sometimes we see that something is going to be a, like a very good project and it just doesn't go anywhere. You know, the potential is there, but sometimes it's something goes wrong that just totally blows it. And sometimes project comes out of nowhere and it just blows up. It's a pretty cool dynamic. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen both sides of the uh, of the floor. Like even if the market is bad, you know, some projects they say the market is so good. But, you know, even in a bad market, if you play your cards right, people are actually doing well in pre-sales, um, you know, both. Uh, I think people want to spend money. I think they just mm, are maybe a little bit more cautious now and choosy. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like uh, some people can't help themselves, right? Uh, uh, they want to keep making more. Uh, I think it's like an adrenaline, right? Sometimes you do make time stand and then you know you want to hit your next time stand so it's very interesting well i do know that um equity will uh relaunch in uh at a later time once they you know better market conditions and you know change up a few things but um the old old uh old equity seems to be popping so i still believe i think that's a great project i think they'll they'll eventually get get back on track and i know they have some good things coming so with that, let's get into the topics you all wanted to talk about. Um, Lewis or Hash, whoever wants to take it, um, if you want to tell us about some of your new projects coming up that you wanted to uh, share with share with the wider world. Uh, Lewis, you want to take this one first, and then I can go. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll give you some a little brief introduction there. So we're coming up with a a, a NFT related game. Um, I'm not sure how much leeway I have to explain, so I'll just give you the gist of it. Um, it's an NFT-related game that is going to allow you, as an NFT creator, to bring it to the game and give it utility. And that's it. Um, 
then we also have some new blockchains coming up, integrating, integrating systematically with new blockchains. So you're going to be seeing a lot of news on that. Now, um, if you could give just kind of, uh, Chong went through it a little bit last week's episode, but if you could just kind of give our audience, if they didn't catch last week, just kind of a quick rundown of what DX, um, your, your, your app insight yeah, yeah. is. For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, D- DX is, you know, like uh, our fun way of saying decentralization. Uh, you know, we, we just came up with it randomly. Uh, and then we basically wanted to build a lot of uh, easy-to-use uh, decentralized applications. Um, so we started with uh, pre-sales. We saw uh, a lot of problems with the pre-sales space. Like, uh, there were a lot of bugs happening when we started uh, one and a half years ago. Uh, so we created a platform that was very easy for someone to create a pre-sale contract without doing any, not doing any coding, and it automatically locks liquidity and basically lists you on a decentralized exchange. So that's kind of what we do uh, in the heart of things. But we wanted to add a little bit more tools to kind of help the project owners save time, so they can actually focus more on their product, uh, whether that's marketing side or just uh, their own development. So we created like a mentor, we created a locker, and now we're basically, you know, we've done so well because we focus on the user experience and saving a lot of time that we're able to now um, build additional applications that uh, that kind of cover up uh, other crypto spaces. Now, I know you've had some big names launch on your, your platform. You mind sharing with us just a couple of those names? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Luis. Um, well, we've had Comrocket, you know, we've had Elon Gate, um, we've had, for example, Safe Planet Earth token, and the biggest of all time um, is Safe Moon, which was one of the very early projects. It was actually the eighth project to ever launch on the XL um, was Safe Moon, and it turned out to be the biggest of them all. So we've had some pretty decent uh, projects launch, and you know, some of them are continuing to come along and you know we're waiting for the next one that's awesome and yeah that's a huge one i saw that name on your rap the first time i went on there i didn't realize it was their eight your eighth project that's amazing mm-hmm. very very early they had you know they put the faith in the platform very early and um it paid off yeah our, our philosophy was to like not limit anyone and try to enable everyone and uh, because this was at a time where a lot of the starters uh, program like poker starters and uh, trust uh, swap uh, was basically the name of the game, and we found that it was very difficult because we were doing we were trying to do our pizza as well, but we needed to fill out a form, uh, wait, get approved, which we never would. Uh, so we wanted to enable a platform, uh, you know, create a platform that really enables uh, everyone to just kind of bring their innovation forward, and that's what happened with Safe, and that's what happened with a lot of tokens, right? There was an earn token as well, where people just kind of earn different type of uh, altcoins uh, if you just hold the token uh, so there's a lot of innovation that came out of this space in tokenomics because of our our platform now you mentioned um that you're launching an nft game you gave us a real brief kind of background on it is there anything about the game that's kind of different than what we're seeing with the other nft games that are coming out or you know there's been a plethora of them that's kind of popped out um is there anything you can tell us uh, you know or even time frames that kind of information yeah, I can't. I can't tell uh, you guys a lot. Even the game, the name of the game is very secretive. Um, we're actually calling it 
super secret game right now. <laughs> uh, and we're kind of going with the whole Pokemon theme, like, guess what this is? <laughs> but nobody will be able to because we kind of created our own characters. Uh, but what what makes it very unique, uh, you know, we noticed that a lot of the NFTs in the space, uh, they don't really have any utility. It's art that people speculate on, uh, you they know, and nothing. if enough... Yeah, exactly. They just do yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they do nothing. Uh, and we were wondering, if what if we took NFTs and gave them some purpose within, within a game um, and a way for some people to actually show off their NFTs in a way that might be valuable, um, that might provide some economic value as well. Um, and, you know, it can be from any blockchain and, and do a lot of really things with it. So we kind of took that, you know, idea thesis and we started building. And we've been building for about uh, six months. And uh, we have pretty much a very light demo, pretty much ready. So we're trying to fine tune everything. Uh, we're diehard gamers as well. So we care about the mechanics of the game. As, uh, again, I don't want to reveal too much, but that's basically what our thesis was that, hey, what if we actually solve this big problem about NFTs and see if people will be interested in actually playing this type of game. So that's what we're trying to do. Our high-level high timeline is about mid-May or end of May uh, to just release the first full trailer and announce a couple of things. Uh, I think one month prior to May, uh, we maybe we're trying to aim for a very um, unique website that kind of showcases the project to the world. Because even the project, we're not really talking about it yet. Not until everything is ready. So very early right now. Now, do you plan to launch on your um, your site on DX? Oh, very good question. Um, I guess is there a token um, going to be <laughs> attached to is this? The, okay. So here's the thing, we're really trying to stir up the market and the way people look at pre-sales and where the way people look at pre-sales for gaming. Because I, I don't think gaming projects should need a token. That's just my personal opinion on it. Um, and because of that thesis, we are going to do something very unique in the launchpad space uh, through through this game as well to kind of um, showcase a concept to the world in in blockchain that hasn't been done yet. Hmm. That's interesting. So, it, so, it sounds to me like the NFT kind of is the token. <laughs> well, you have to wait and find out. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know, and to push back a little bit on the the in-game currency is that most games we play does have some type of gem that you yeah. need need in yeah. games. There's so. always that gem you need yeah. it. of some yeah, kind. But you know, but you know what? That gem can be an NFT. It, it definitely can be. Definitely can be. Right, and if you notice, any game that we play, right, gems are never like one point nine 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 seven eight five gems. It's always a whole number. Right. It's always oh, yeah. one gem. Hundred gems. One gem is one gem. Exactly. So why do we need tokens? It just doesn't make sense. Very true. That's interesting. Well, Loot and I are huge, huge gamers. So huge. we 
You know what? If you guys are interested, uh, we're going to do an in-house uh, playtest thing. So I'd love to invite you guys, get your opinion before oh, we actually we'd be push happy to give you some feedback. Yeah, we would, yeah. Love, we would love to do that. That would be we fantastic. We really are yeah. hardcore gamers. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we're actually looking for really hardcore gamers to give us uh, some playtesting because this game is very competitive in nature as well. <laughs> oh, see, now... Yeah, yeah, you, you got me. You just perked you our interest big time. We're trying to combine a lot of fun and competitiveness. Yeah, we have a lot of, um, through our, as many of you who listen to this know, we we podcast for a, a, a different game. And um, so we do know quite a few gamers. If you if you need any extras that are into crypto and into um, gaming. so Yeah, ever... definitely, definitely. Uh, what we're trying to do is just... Uh, create a community we want to we want to build a separate community that's not part of the dx uh sale kind of the DeFi world because this is more game so we're creating a new telegram group just for this game and we're trying to connect with other uh like-minded uh, organizations and do twitter spaces and just talk uh, crypto games you know without without having all of that political Political stuff. You well, know, if, I if you if you want gamers, are you going to do more Discord? Because gamers tend to not do as much Telegram. Yeah, but mm, we've been ha- we've been having we've been having trouble trying to find uh, a way to kind of grow our Discord. Yeah, um, it, Discord's funny because it, it is hard to grow, but it seems I don't know. I I've always preferred Discord over Telegram, but it's yeah. I love the I love Discord over Telegram because of the organization as well. Yeah. But no, I completely understand. For some reason, Telegram just fills so fast. If you guys are, are if you guys need people to talk to on how to properly set Discord up, Dookie Jones is a freaking wizard. Okay, cool. From from Equity Coin, guy mm-hmm. is amazing. His whole team, they really know how to do it. Okay, that's pretty cool, man. Thank you, thank you for the advice. Now, but that's something that I personally need to polish up myself up on. Telegram seems very. I don't know. You can get away with it kind of intuitively, but Discord, you got to really know your stuff. Yeah, it's the only yeah. thing. I think it's a double-edged sword, right? You get all these people, but you get so much else with it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's easy to get lost in the conversations on Telegram. That's my problem with it, which it's funny because on Discord, and anybody that knows me from all our gaming Discord channels, I hate like when there's like 8,000 Discord channels within the same it drives me crazy and i'll only use general and like one other one but um but it's funny because that's my main complaint on telegram is that there's only one channel so it's yeah it's uh we need the happy medium just yeah. give us three channels and we're good <laughs> yeah exactly they just they need to do three channels they can have like an official links or you know yeah yeah sometimes people go overkill i think yeah. i've seen I was doing a bit of research on this game. I forgot the name, but they had like twenty general, twenty channels basically, and they had groups, and they had a teaser group where they had uh, teaser gameplay, teaser trailers, teaser concepts, and I'm just like, very organized, but <laughs> where do you go? So uh, my kid <laughs> plays a lot of Roblox, and. Uh, he plays a lot of different Roblox games, and all of the individual games that he plays has a Discord. So I was just kind of spying on him, because he's nine, just making sure that everything was okay. And I got on one of his Discords that he was on, 
And oh my God, there was like over 50 channels. I was like, what is going on here? This is just insanity. I wouldn't <laughs> well, even know game, where to go. Yeah, that game is like bonkers. Like, I, I, and my niece plays it. And Roblox, it is yeah. ridiculously addictive. And it's not, Roblox is just a platform. They've got all these, they've got thousands of games on there. Yeah, mini games, yeah. No, oh, tens of thousands, yeah. Well, have you ever been in Joker's Discord in DC Legends, Luke? He's got like 50 channels in there. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> but you know where I think Roblox should really go is they should figure out how to incorporate crypto into their product. Well, isn't that um what, I can't remember the name of it is, um, the, the Sandbox? Isn't it very similar to Roblox? I have no idea. I've never tried Sandbox. I own some Sandbox, but I've never used it. Yeah, they. I don't know if either one of you guys played it, but it's it's supposed to be just like Roblox or very so it's similar. It's all like Minecrafty looking characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything yeah, in its entities. Like, yeah, I, I feel like almost every like game that has a lot of users right now, um, crypto just adds a little bit of back end economy to your game. The game still stays the same. So I think like Fortnite is an example, right? They have, I think they have V-Bucks. Well, I don't know what currency they have, but they can easily use that uh, to create uh, an, an NFT marketplace uh, using that. I'm really surprised yeah. we haven't seen that from any of the marquee games yet. I'm That's- very sure. Sur- I thought Fortnite would do it because they were the first and they'd never, they, they've been the type of development team, gaming studio, that's not afraid of anything. Yeah. So Ubisoft said that NFTs are on the way, but there's a lot of people in the gaming world that are very not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do have so, a question. I mean, it, oh. It's a big mix. Like, people want to play the game, right? And they don't want to have to keep paying and paying and paying to play. So mm-hmm. if they were to incorporate NFTs, like in Call of Duty or some kind of game like that, it kind of limits the amount of people that would actually play the game because so, there's got to be some kind of buy-in. You got to be able. If would there be a free to play? I don't know. <laughs> there would be, but yeah. limited. Like the way it Very is now limited. already, you're already limited enough. You know, you have to buy maps, you have to buy weapons, that's you have right. to buy upgrades. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, but that's what <laughs> Fortnite Fortnite ruined the, the the model. I guess they broke the model entirely because of that. So what's the what's the like the impression in the gaming community in general over NFTs? I I barely get time to look into that. What's the sentiment? Now? So I I follow um, I'll just call out his name. Uh, I, there's a guy that writes for Forbes magazine, and his name is Paul Tassie. I read mm-hmm. all of his articles. I like what he writes. He plays games that I like to play, and. Mm-hmm. He is not excited about the NFT craze. He thinks it's a fad, and he's not into it. I mean, that's like a hardcore gamer, but also journalist take on it. Yeah, it kind of sucks. For depends what it's for. In console gaming, I, I would probably say that NFTs really don't have a place there. Um. Because you have to pay a lot of money just to buy the game itself. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying $60 to buy a game and then you've got to invest in NFTs, I don't know like if people are going to do it or not. 
In PC gaming, I think there's a little bit more leverage there. It's a little bit different. You get a different crowd. So, I mean, it, it could be possible there. And mobile gaming, I think, is just screaming for crypto, like with NFTs. I think it would do really well in the mobile space. I yeah, think I think, right. I think it's, yeah, I also think it's going to happen, though, because um, there's always going to be somebody. Um, you know, I guess it's part of the market, but um, and unfortunately, to some degree, but there's always going to be somebody who's going to want to buy it. And and those people that I'm gonna want to buy it are the ones that are gonna make the gaming company a little more money. So I have a question about the the super secret project, and it's nothing about the project itself, but it has to do kind of like with the economy. <laughs> Is the game pay to? Do you have to pay to play? Is there a free to play component? Okay, or- so. So we have um, multiple releases rollout, and what we're doing in the beginning is um, answering one of our thesis questions: Can we make these millions of NFTs that have no use cases that are just being abused? And I think that's the reason why there's a bad sentiment in the gaming space because people see. Uh, a ton of I was about to say a ton of um, NFTs um, that really have no value, and because of that, they think you know a- anything like that in the gaming. And and gamers are very sensitive, right? And we don't want anything that's negative uh, in in our game. So what we're we're not trying to do any of that. Uh, what we're trying to do first foremost is answer our thesis: Can we take all of these NFTs? basically have no value and bring them into our games and provide them a little bit of fun and competitiveness and focus more on the game focus more on the gamers first let's try to actually get adoption going first inside this thesis that we have and then we'll figure out exactly how do we want this economy to actually run later on and and that's something we'll we'll figure out as we go Sounds good to me. I'm used to NFT games like, oh, there's one game in particular that I think Hate Mail and I both spent money on, which is Crypto Zune. Oh, Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. With the YAG token. Uh, just to make it clear, like it's it's a free game over over building um, because we're a two-year-old project that make revenue and we're doing this out of pure passion. To see if we can create adoption within this, um, you know, bridging of two big uh, industries, uh, you know, the finance side of things and the gaming side of things in a very seamless way. Um, but we want to focus more on the gamers and the gaming aspect. That's why uh, I talked about playtesting because that's so important to us. Um, no, I yeah. know, and that's where I was going with with the reason why I brought up Crypto Zune. Well, and and the oh. other half of last year was more of the. NFT and a lot of those games like that CryptoZune are just they're, they're not really a game it's it's staking not a game. Yeah, you're staking an NFT and the game plays itself and then you know that's There is no game. Let's yeah. be real here. <laughs> so, <laughs> the game it, it auto it like you hit like go and it just does something and oh my god, one or not. Have, have you guys played those really 
really old like Zynga Facebook games. It's like Mafia Wars where you're just oh, yeah, yeah. clicking a button and yes, you progress like it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically no, I what... Um, I, I just blanked out the name of the game. The one that... The most popular one of last year. Axie Infinity. The Axie Infinity. I mean, it's basically what it is. You just put three yeah. people there and you press a button and it auto-plays. It's a lot of gamification, like uh, psychologically, it's gamification. It's not really playing a game, but you feel you have to level up your character, level up something. Well, <laughs> you just there, there was a very popular app game that came out not too long ago, probably maybe a year ago. And all the game was is you could go in and buy equipment and you just press a button and upgrade. And that's all it did. Like there was no other component to the game but pressing a button to upgrade. And it got very popular for a brief period of time. I'm like, just yeah. some of the things people get into. So I have a question for you guys, since you guys <laughs> probably know a lot more than I right now. Um, have you actually seen a sustainable working P2E model yet in crypto? Uh, well, I mean, I guess actually Infinity does count because it is still going and it's popular. Um, is, it, is it sustainable? Um, I mean... So I, far it has been. Yeah, I was, I'd say long, long term, probably not. Um, we I had think, this conversation with somebody once about like the shelf life of, of one of these games. And I think, what were we saying? Like maximum of like a year maybe yeah a year to three years but then again i look at um you know this the the games that are builder games where you can build games within the games i like like uh, sandbox and you know some of those other ones um that's more of a platform yeah i would say those those definitely could be long-term sustainable because you can earn by doing different things within the game or building things selling things so those those i feel like have a longer shelf life than your average game but then, yeah, I mean, look at World of Warcraft. That game's been around for 15 years. It's not play-to-earn, but it could easily be a play-to-earn game. They can absolutely turn that game into play-to-earn. Yeah, or a game like it, you know, something of the future. So but I think it's difficult. It's very difficult. You have to have some some type of angle. It either has to be a great game that's going to have a really long shelf life, or it needs to have some other utility type of component to it that would cause people to want to use it long-term. And there's one other component, and this is from our experience in a in the, that mobile superhero game that we play. The game will only live as long as you give it updates. So as, uh-huh. once the updates stop, once you stop doing new stuff like a new world, um, new characters, new equipment, new just new, right? Like. It needs a constant flow of content. Yeah, that's you need, the only way a game is going to make it over time. Yeah, you need a new carrot to chase it, always. You mm. you need that thing to chase. Now the question is is well, how often do we need that, or or what is the model to make sure that the game is is played on a regular basis? And it's a really hard thing to tell. I mean, one of the games we play updates monthly. Um, One of the games that I play turned, instead of doing these big downloadable content, they turned it into seasons. And that's a very popular thing right now um, to make seasons. So each, let's say you do a season a month, 
mm-hmm. every month or maybe every 60 days. It, it all depends on like how much content you could actually produce. Um, and the, the more frequent you do it, the, the higher the sustainability is. There's one game in particular that my kid plays that has seasons in it. It's on Roblox. It's called Bed Wars. And the game has like every, I think it's once a month. Like once a month, there's like this, you buy the season for like $15 and then you can, you could buy if you wanted to like upgrade the entire season in one shot. But it's usually going to take you a while earning like experience points to like unlock everything. So the unlocking process keeps the player drawn in because they want to keep trying to earn something. They, if, as long as the chase is there and yeah. the reward is shiny, like it's like, ooh, I want that, mm-hmm. you're going to have a great game. It's going to be yeah. sustainable. It's going to live. And I agree with that. And then I would definitely say a community component definitely needs to be there. So oh, where, where yeah. you can play with people, because the mobile game we play, I mean, we would have quit a long time ago if we didn't have an alliance that we feel loyal the to. The only and, reason we still play the yeah, game is because we made friends. Yeah, you have your in-game group that you do things together. You know, that's I'd say that that community component within a game is probably the single most important feature if you want a game to last any you know for a length of time. Yeah, one uh, one thing. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. No, I was going to say it's a solid, solid statement, <laughs> solid advice. Yeah, one one thing I've noticed, uh, guys, is just um, there's a heavy dilution, right? It's very competitive space, and first you need to figure out how do you get new users into the game, and then and then you have to figure out how to sustain the game. And I think it's it's getting harder and harder with crypto uh, because uh, that's what's happening. And I think. A lot of people will be surprised how many games actually last because right now it's very easy to get people maybe because of all of these pre-sales or uh, NFT hypes. But uh, getting people and then sustaining it is is another story. Yeah, I would say it's because there's been so many scams and so many games that have just you know come out and been just terrible. So they you know didn't they launched people had hope you know they were. You know, a lot of these games, I mean, I would say a really popular one that I think has a very bright future on Solana is uh, that Star Atlas game, if you guys heard about that. It looks phenomenal. The graphics are amazing. Um, it looks like, you is know... Is actually playable now? It's not. It's just basically NFTs that you stake right now. You're building up resources for the future. And, I mean, the most expensive items in the game, like if you want the best ships, they're like 40000 US dollars right now. So, which is crazy and people are buying them like i mean it their their market cap is humongous but you know that game may never be playable it's, no, it's not really a game i mean it could it, because they expect it to take years before it's actually like the full game's playable you, you know when i saw that i i was thinking about bethesda uh they were coming up with a game around space as well i forget what they were calling it um and do you guys know what i'm talking about I know Bethesda. I'm not sure which space game. Starfield. It's called Starfield. And it's basically like Star Atlas. And and Bethesda is like one of the best gaming studios out there. They made Skyrim. They know exactly and follow out how to create this immersive uh, kind of metaverse feeling. And 
And for them, this game took like six to seven years, and we're still waiting. So I'm only wondering how long this is gonna take. It, it could take a super long time, and it may never launch. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, I'm at an eighty percent loss on my Atlas and ships that I bought for the stupid game, but <laughs> but but that's kind of the story of my uh, my gaming purchases all last year, anyway. So it's. Uh, I think also that. Uh, I really think that a lot of the people that are probably creating these uh, crypto NFT games are not gamers themselves. They're creating more financial products. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think there's still a lot of developers and actual gamers who haven't made it into the crypto space. So we're really seeing more of a mixture of crypto people who game rather than gamers who are diving into this. I think it's growing for sure, but it's still not as popular as it should be i i think it's where, where i'm trying to get at um and we're going to see more solid games develop as you get more solid actual game developers who want to make games and not a crypto related you know a game related crypto project yeah and you're exactly right difference. yeah you're you're exactly right with that it's it's you're, you the the true gaming companies need to build the game and then just add crypto to it not the reverse <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> uh-huh most of the games that that I invested in in 2021, I, I would say at least half of them were rugs or scams. So I would say 80% of them. <laughs> more than half. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was not, it was a bad year for us, for me and Hate Mail with, with games. Yeah. And many um, of the games we talked about on this podcast, so sorry, audience, <laughs> but you knew what you were getting into yeah, when we like, talked about them, so. They rugged like and yeah. we you know we would have like the founder on it'd be a great show, and the game one of the games was like extremely fun to play, and then he rugged it yeah, and I was like, uh, yeah. we feel a lot better about it with you guys having a uh, very successful well, you guys platform <laughs> so. yeah, you know our our problem has always been the opposite. We're, we're developers, uh, so we know how to build the product. We have a hard time finding communities and marketing, so this is something that we're trying to get better at. So, so that's our problem. <laughs> well, I'd much well, rather see that you know, build it and they will come. That is always uh, exactly. You know, I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> build a really great product, and then you can get help getting it out there. And we're, when your game uh, is ready to launch or is in beta form, you know, we'll, we'd love to have you all back on and, um, you know, talk about our experiences playing the game, talk about our, you know, talk about the game launch when you're ready. So that would, that'd be awesome. We're super excited about uh, that. Absolutely. Mm. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap this up? Um, well, um, we have a lot of other things coming up. Um, we're working on something to, um, some things actually in plural to make things even better and easier for users. And users, we mean developers and uh, pre-sale buyers as well, because um, we know developers also have a hard time um, struggling with things outside their area of ex- expertise. Um, really, case in point, uh, DX, right? Um, building a great product here, but not having um, the connections to probably get it out there. And, and you know, right now we have Grandmaster Chong, but before that, um, marketing was a, a, a struggle. Um, so the idea of the X has always been to make things easier for 
the user, whether it be the developer or the buyer. So by we're implementing something related with marketing, for example, where you can come in and you can um, have reputable people help you market your product and you don't have to you know, take unnecessary risks, focus more on developing your product and leave other parts that are, are outside of your knowledge to professionals who are vetted to some you know, degree by third party people, not DX, you know, so keep the whole decentralized theme. Um, the gaming is coming up and part of the whole marketing is also an ambassador program that, that, that DX is building and we have some solid names signed up for the ambassador program, which is very cool. Um, what is the ambassador program? Yeah, I was going to say, can you explain that to us a little bit? Bas- uh-huh. Basically, they're vetted, um, select professionals in different fields that are going to help developers better get their product out there. Whether it's people in um, marketing, um, or code audits, um, anything related, you know, outside whatever it is you're good at. If you're a just, game to, mm-hmm. Just to expand uh, on that, it, it's basically anyone that feels they can contribute and help project grow, they can actually sign up for the ambassador program. And an ambassador program could be AMA channels, it can be graphic designers, it can be content writers, it can be growth hackers, it can be website developers, anyone that might be interested in helping out a project out. So any contractor basically. And they basically apply and we basically vet them and determine if they are uh, providing uh, a quality level of service. And then we basically connect them with our KYC only projects at the moment. That way we ensure that the KYC project have a list of people that they can reach out to if they feel they need help and vice versa. That's really interesting. So it's like an in-house guys, consultation. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, what I've had a lot of struggle with is I will get about like, I think I still get like five to ten messages about people wanting me to pay them for like, hey, do you need graphics, do you need stickers, do you need this, do you need that? And you know, sometimes I do buy it. And I bid it enough to the point where I would buy it and then they would either disappear or the quality of the work that I was expecting was there. So there's always these type of lingering issues. And I feel like when you're doing a piece, so you have a very limited budget and you have very little room to play around with this type of stuff. So trying our best to basically help pre-sales like that. That's great. That sounds like an awesome program. So they'll be able to find that directly on the site. It'll be kind of all integrated as part of the package for somebody wanting to utilize your service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely. You're like a general contractor. <laughs> <laughs> for or like the upwork, upwork for pre uh, for pre sales. <laughs> there you go. That's great. There you go. Yeah. To to give you an example, you guys with your channel, you could apply to the ambassador program. Just to give you a big crazy idea there. Yeah, um, was... people who would be interested in reaching out to you guys and who would want a reputable place where they can expose their product, for example, have another great one to the, on the list. Yeah, we would, we would love to do that. That would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Anything else you all want to go over before we, uh, before we close? 
Yeah, just a general statement to anyone that's listening. If you're not in crypto and you want to be involved, either um, you know, start learning, developing. We this space could use more developers always, and they can also use uh, any type of skills you're willing to offer. And uh, you know, if you need any sort of advice, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm more than happy to help you uh, kind of get your foot into the door because. Uh, I was not uh, too not well. Not long ago, I was like you, basically. <laughs> Great. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming on. It sounds like you have some amazing projects. We definitely look forward to um, helping you play test that game, and then um, we would love to talk about that in the future once it's ready. So it, it's yeah. gr- great talking to you guys, and um, thanks again for coming on. And they can find you. Can you give your uh, web address for people to find you? So it's dx.app, and from there you're going to find a link to all of our socials and into the Telegram chat where we're most active. And we have Discord as well, and we have um, all social channels. All right, thank you very much. And I've also, I have bought many a, many a coin on your site. So. <laughs> cool. All right, thanks again, guys. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto Moon Hunters. If you like the show, consider becoming a Patreon and get special perks. Just go to patreon.com slash crypto moon hunters. You can also tip your host by donating to our wallets. Just see the address in the show notes. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave comments on whatever platform you listen to.